welcome to Feminine Founder, where we talk all things recruiting, hiring, business, and entrepreneurship. Today, I have Marsha Jean-Louis with me. She's the president of TG Brands and a board member of the Young Presidents Organization. So welcome, Marsha. Thanks, Caroline. So I'd love to hear your story behind how you became the president of TG Brands. Sure. Um, so I would describe that journey as very unexpected. Um, it was not something I was planning. And, you know, being in the hair and beauty space was also not something I was planning on being in. And so um, very quick background, you know, born and raised in Boston, lived in New York for a couple of years. Um, I went to grad school at Columbia, SIPA. So I was studying finance and international um, development, um, finance and economic policy. And I remember, you know, my first year there, um, I was at the UN and, you know, I thought post-graduation, I was either going to stay at the UN or work at the World Bank or something like that. I was interested in impact investing as well. So a lot of my colleagues, they ended up going, you know, to Wall Street, but working in the impact investing arms of, you know, major banks. And, um, but right before I went to grad school, I started a passion project. Um, it was a hair product um, that was geared for women who was, you know, struggling with alopecia, hair thinning, things like that. Um, and, you know, I continued that business while I was a student. So I had inventory stuffed in my locker, inventory stuck underneath my bed, and I would mail it through um, in, the, in the middle of classes um, or between classes. Um, and I started that in 2015. So I would say I, I went, I left Boston to New York in August and I launched the business like July of um, 2015. Um, fast forward, I graduated and I found myself realizing I actually don't want to be in this space for many reasons, maybe outside of the scope of this interview. And I would say that described most of my career because after graduate school, when I, um, undergrad, um, I studied um, political so um, science pre-law. And it wasn't until my senior year that I decided, I actually have no business or interest being a lawyer. Um, in fact, I remember there was a, a faculty member, her, her husband was a really famous judge. This is back in Boston. And she asked me, Marsha, why do you want to become a lawyer? I did not have an answer for her. If anything, I stared at her and said, well, I actually want to travel. Um, and so I would say in general, I find that I found my yeses by, you know, finding out what my no's are. So now fast forward, graduate school, similar thing. Oh, I actually don't want to be in this space, right? So my parents at this point are looking at me like, what are you doing with your life? Um, and so I would say it was really serendipitous. So I met someone um, who was basically in the process of acquiring different businesses in the hair and beauty space, and he was interested in mine. And so it led through an, it led to an acquisition, and then that led through an, to an aqua hire. So I was asked to leave um, New York traveled to Atlanta, where I now serve as president of this holding company. So. so in your experience, what are the top three things that have fueled growth for your company? Sure. I would say several things. One is even though the brands that we own are, you know, 10, 12 years old, so they're not startups by any means, but the holding company and the team that we formed around these brands are relatively new. So we saw ourselves as a startup. So several things. One, we didn't have to deal with a lot of, you know, 
the the politics and there wasn't a lot of hierarchy in the organization. It was a pretty flat organization. And the benefits of that is that allows us to test a lot of things. So we were throwing everything on the wall and seeing what sticks. Um, you know, we were launching new programs, launching new products and doing it quickly, you know, affordably and just seeing if it works. And so that ability to, you know, test a bunch of things found allowed us to find things that did work, you know, the right products that would sell and you know the right you know programs we we um, started something called the wholesale buyers club which connected hairstylists to some of our brands and you know that grew quickly so I would say that's one is you know the the space for us to test things um, the second thing is because we were we saw ourselves as a startup um, you know I think we came in with fresh ideas and so I did not have I did not study anything in the beauty space I, I did not study marketing. Um, you know, I, as a woman, I wore hair extensions or, you know, I understood that space, but I was coming into the business using a different lens. And so I, you know, I just finished reading a book called range and it talked about the importance of breath and that, you know, not being an expert on is, is what well, I think, what's the saying? Um, you know, if you're not, uh, I forgot to say, I, I don't want to mess it up, but basically there is power in understanding, you know, multiple things. And so I think because of that, you know, I'm, I was able to go in there and I understand economics, right? So I studied economic policy, albeit in a different space, but, you know, certain, certain things still were relevant. You know, when, you know, think about last year where we were seeing this um, economic volatility, I paid close attention to what was happening in the mic macro economy. And I was using my understanding of that to prepare our business for pain, right? So, you know, before everyone was starting to, you know, cut costs, we were doing that way earlier just because I knew something was happening because of my economic background. Um, so I would say that is that we have a team of people who are not necessarily experts in the hair and beauty space, but experts in different spaces. And together, that breath has allowed us to really, you know, um, grow our business. Um, and third, I would say um, just, I guess, a deep understanding, a deep connection to our customer. You know, when I first joined, that was something that was critical for me to do. As someone who did not have, you know, a background in, you know, hair and beauty or CP, running a CPG company. Well, not not in this way anyways. Outside of my um, small business that I had, um, it's not like I understood this specific customer that was a little bit different than my customer. Um, so really learning who your customer is. And I'm talking about going to our retail stores, talking to them, constantly sending out surveys to kind of get feedback, um, talking to the hairstylists who oftentimes promote our product really diving deep into learning your customer, which is something I would say, I'm starting to see a lot of businesses and startups because I advise for different businesses and startups. They seem to not do that. Like it, it's a lot of raising money and spending on Google and Facebook and not about, you know, really learning who your customer is, what their needs are. Um, and so I would say those between those three things is what helped grow our business these last, you know, five, six years. I think that's huge, the diving deep into the customer piece, because you're right, anyone can go run a Facebook ad or Instagram ad and see what's going to stick. But unless you really understand the pain points and the copy and what's going to sell and what's going to help them solve a problem, mm -hmm. it's not going to be an everlasting brand. Right, right. So you've become an executive leader. I mean, you've owned your own company, you've sold your company, you went into a holding company as an executive leader in a short amount of time. Mm -hmm. What would you say has contributed to all of your success? 
Yeah. Um, I would say it's mainly two things. And this is cliche and I hate to say it, but it's true. It's just hard work. So I think about my first three years at the company. Um, I... I just it was a normal it was normal for me to work 12 13 hour days right and i'm 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 not going to say encouraging people to do that but i i will tell you that's what i did and um not only that i spent time working in different areas of the business so when i first came in i was not president i was head of product development and then i became um a brand uh no a marketing director and then brand manager and then president. And what that has allowed me to do, and because our business is also small, so our structure allowed me to do this quite easily, was I had my foot in every area of that business. So if it was our retail expansion, so at its peak, we had um, six retail stores. I helped open up, uh, how many of those? Three of those. Um, I I understand supply chain. I understand product development. I understand customer service. There will be times I am in, on intercom and I was answering customer inquiries. Uh, I understand marketing. And because of that, I had a holistic understanding of how the business ran. And I was able to quickly kind of be that main person, the main go-to of understanding, you know, there's a problem. Mark, I I had the tools um, to be able to fix it. Um, And also not only that, I would say my strong suit is augmentation. I'm really good at sitting, seeing how the current process is and figuring out how to optimize and how to augment. Um, And I think that those skills has helped me just the breath and also, you know, my natural inclination to understand how to optimize things, I think has led me to kind of become an executive pretty, pretty quickly. I just read a book by Marie Folio called Everything is Figureoutable. And mm-hmm. a lot of what she talks about in that book is exactly what you're describing as you have to just self-teach yourself and figure yeah. it out and learn from your mistakes and make pivots. And you don't have to be an expert to do it, but you need to just Try it. Right. Right. So as an entrepreneur, what advice would you give to someone who's thinking about going out on their own? Hmm. Several things. So I have advised many people, many startups, um, and I there's several things. Number one, um, if they want to go out on their own, they need to make sure that they can. Um, what I've seen all too often are people who are just, they have this enthusiasm. I want to start my own business. And they jump, they, they'll leave their stable nine to five to, to you know, go full, like two feet in um, into this new venture without really understanding what that's going to take. And they oftentimes find themselves overly stressed, right? Now it's, you know, how do I pay my bills? Where, right? Because your, your business most likely are not, is not going to be able to, you know, in the first year or two or, you know, some, some do, but for the most part, that's not the case. So I would say, first off, make sure you are in a position which, you know, you could dedicate, you know, your full time into that business. And that will likely mean for the first couple of years, working more. That means, you know, working your nine to five, but then at night, you know, focusing on growing your business. And it's not until your business has grown enough where you should kind of make that jump. So I, I always, you know, believe that there's some people who have, you know, a safety net where, you know, they could, you know, just leave and, you know, the pay, bills are paid for all that. I'm not necessarily talking to those people, but for, you know, the overwhelming majority of those people who don't have safety nets um, to just make sure that they become, they're really realistic um, in terms of, you know, how, you know, how they want to approach this. Um, second thing I would say is, you know, so one, we talked about, uh, I just want to, 
I'm trying to go back to kind of what I've spoken to other founders and members. Um, so one, just making sure that there's stability. Two is focusing on really getting to making sure that they are solving a real problem. That's actually the second thing that, you know, I oftentimes find. I don't know what has happened. I, I always like to blame the startup world. Um, you know, I've, I've started startups, so, you know, nothing to them. But I, I find that the startup culture has taught people um, to take unnecessary risk and spend unnecessary money and do all these things that are unnecessary. I like to talk to people and say, think that you are starting a small business. That approach is a little bit different because you're doing things more carefully. You're 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 being more um, conservative how you spend your money. Um, you're you know I, I and you're building your brand from the ground up. And I think again, kind of similar to how I I um, approached when I first joined Two G Brands. You know, really getting to know your customer and really understanding what is a problem I am trying to solve. I think all too often, a lot of people are drawn into the allure of starting their own business or being an entrepreneur without realizing, is the product and service that I'm offering, is that something that people actually want? Um, so I, I think doing a little bit more customer discovery and really, you know, talking to people is something I would encourage people to do before, you know, jumping and, you know, being full you know, whatever their, their startup is or their small businesses to really understand what, what it is that they're trying to solve. That's great advice. And most people don't have that safety net at all. I would say 99% of people don't have a safety net Mm -hmm. in place. And so making sure you can build something on top of your full-time job. And so it gets to a place and you're right, it's going to take a couple of years before you can get to an income producing place. That's because even if you're making money from your product, you're putting it right back into your company. You're not just going and paying yourself. Right, right. So what's been the most rewarding thing for you as an entrepreneur? Huh, I would say there's, there's, a, there's been a lot, I would say. Um, but if I could summarize, you know, these last five, six years, it would be the people I work with. So I've had the ability to, you know, hire great people. And that to me has made this journey most rewarding is hiring people who have the same vision and are just as excited as you are to kind of, you know, run toward that vision. And they're in there in the trenches with you. Um, You know, I've, I've, I would say I experienced most of my growth managing other people um, because I find oftentimes they're teaching me about myself. How do I manage? What do I prioritize? Um, especially these last couple of years, these, you know, since COVID really, you know, a lot of things kind of came to the surface of how do we prioritize not only this business, but our lives holistically as individuals. You know, I've, I've put into place better work-life balance because of, you know, just how the world has been and how people have spoken to me like, hey, Marsha, you work a lot. It's, you know, let's let's maybe not work on a Saturday night, right? So I've had people kind of speak to me about these things. And I think that has been rewarding is the type of growth I've experienced with other members of my team. Would you say that you're a different manager now than you were five years ago? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, I think I've become more human. I think before, especially because I'm coming in, I saw myself as an underdog. I, I was 26 when I came into the company. Yeah. So I was young. You know, I, I didn't have as much experience because I spent most of my time in school. And so I was really kind of, I, I, I was very almost not the best person to work with. I, I would say that because I felt as if I had to put on a mask that I am, you know, 
a leader when, you know, throughout time I realized, no, I can actually be myself, be human, um, be, you know, likable and, 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 you know, really work with people in a more human way than just being the manager or being the boss. Um, so I, I definitely say I'm a completely different person now than I was in the beginning. I, I basically, I've been able to take the mask off. Um, and, and that to me has been really important. So that's huge. And that I'm sure will go a long way or has gone a long way with your current and even past employees. Right. Right. So as we wrap up, how can our listeners find you? Sure. Um, I am one of the few millennials who are not too active on social media. So the best place to find me is on LinkedIn. Um, you can find me um, linkedin.com slash, I think it's Marsha J. Lewis. So. Great. Well, thanks for your time. Yeah, thank you.